Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hello and welcome to Rain Stop Play. This is a special preview episode for the World Test Championship final, which starts tomorrow, no less. We are right on it today. We are right on uh, the edge of this. So this is a great, perfect time to do a preview pod. And I'm joined um, for the first time in a while by Will. How are you? Very well. Good to be back. Yeah, it has been. It has been a little while away, but India are playing again for the first time in a couple of months, which means I am back. <laughs> I hate I hate that we only wheel you out for India because you're much more than that. But it just it just so happens to be the case most of the time. Uh, just you and me today, and the part at the start of the week was uh, Glenn, Zach, and Tim. So listeners have got all five of us in the space of a week, you, and just sort of separated, just sort of getting little doses of us. So yes, we, um, we should do a Twitter poll. Which which RSP team did you prefer? <laughs> exactly. We got to do a hybrid of every single one. I think of all five of us, a combo, just to see to see what people like. Um, so before we get into this, it's just the preview for the World Test Championship. We'll do a little bit of news. It's not a lot because Glenn did a great job of covering that at the start of the week. Um, but we'll look at the uh, women's cricket. England are playing India in the only test of this series. Uh, it's lunch on day two, literally as we speak. England 357 for eight. Um, Sophia Dunkley on debut, 66 not out. The first black woman to play for England. Pretty cool. Um, so she's doing very well. Heather Knight was out for 95 yesterday. And it represents a decent first innings for England. Well, probably more than decent one. Could have been better, could have been worse. There was a little collapse last night after tea. And we be interested to see how India get on in that. And just a quick update on the Vitality Blast, which is going ahead at full steam without me really paying much attention to it. I don't know about you, Will, but half the teams, well, a couple of the teams played five games already. I swear it only started like last Wednesday. Uh, Birmingham Bears are top of the North group, as they should be because they played more games than everybody else. Um, winning four, losing one. Poor Leicestershire Foxes have played five games and lost five games. That sucks, isn't it? Um, in the South group, obviously Sussex doing amazing because they are such a good white ball team. Played three, won three. So have Surrey, who have played three and won three. And they played tonight, I do believe. So that'll be um, a face-off for the top of the South group. 
and there is a rain stop play derby tomorrow between Sussex and Somerset on Friday, I think. So look out for that one. Um, we can't cover this. It's there's far too much going on for us to cover. Interestingly, so you know, you're gonna have to go about this yourself, listeners. You know, free will this one. We we can't hold your hand through it. And, um, and- and as Zach pointed out earlier, that game uh, clashes with the England football. So, so um... <laughs> I mean, I think I know what I'll be watching, Will. Um, that's a shame. That's a real shame. They should have done something about that, really. They should have moved the game maybe to the five o'clock slot. I don't know. Um, and also, you'll have noticed on the last part that the boys are trying to rush off to watch the Spain-Sweden game, which was a waste of their time, wasn't it? <laughs> I sat listening to it after the game and thought, what the hell are they rushing for that? Yeah, Spain wasted everybody's time, I think, in that one. There was, really a, there, was a, there was a great tweet somebody did where they just said, all I want from the Euros this year is chaos. And that's that's very much how I feel. And Spain were not providing that. No, I think if you want chaos, look at the Dutch. The Dutch provide good chaos. Um, I think that game against Ukraine was awesome. They might be playing today. I don't know. But yeah, big game, big game tomorrow for all the England fans. So I won't be watching the World Test Championship either tomorrow, unfortunately. But anyway, let's get into this preview, Will, because... It's a fairly momentous game for the sport, I'd argue, um, for both teams, both countries, India and New Zealand. Um, hopefully it doesn't get blighted by rain. That that looks like the main issue at the minute. So I'm going to preempt all this chat with saying it might get washed off totally. There is a sixth day. Uh, they'll probably go into that sixth day by the look of it, a reserve day. And if it's tied by the end of that or drawn, they share the trophy, which would be a pretty tragic end to what's been a, um, a, a tough uh, period for the ICC to try and get this tournament in amid the pandemic. But Will, let's chat about the World Test Championship as a whole. What are your thoughts on it, on, on how it's gone since it began in 2019? What this final means for the sport um, and just what how you think it's going to look going forward, I guess? Yeah, I think that's a good place to start because I'm kind of struggling to get a grip on this final in terms of how much I care and how much either of the teams particularly care because what you know everything in England cricket we know is built around the ashes to a point where you know there's controversy about that now and lots of people are saying you know you've got the two best teams in the world currently in England in New Zealand and India and yet England seem to just be thinking about Australia in the winter but at least given that that is the case you know what the biggest game is you know what you're aiming for I sort of can't believe that either of these two teams have been stewing over their place in the World Test Championship final for the last six months. Um, and maybe that's just because it's the first final and it'll get a, its own tradition over time, and I'm sure that will happen. Um, but I think it's also indicative of the fact that the process hasn't quite worked this time around. Um, I think it's probably a good idea to add some overall structure to the test system, but I don't think it's quite succeeded in actually building in a competitive spirit to the World Test Championship as its own thing. I think it's just sort of added a few extra sprinkles to a couple of series where you know that the one and two spots are in balance and then given us a nice final to have a fun summer day in Southampton. Although even that's getting rained off now. So Yeah, a well, fun rainy there. day in Southampton. It's it's annoying it's not at Lords because that gives it a little bit more of a vibe on this yeah pedigree is a great word for it because to be fair i don't like the Aegeus bowl it's in the middle of nowhere they call it southampton but it's off some a road somewhere it's a fairly lifeless ground that i've never been to so i don't know why i'm saying that but everyone else seems to say it's a fairly lifeless place anyway i will say in its defense they do one of the best vegan burgers i've ever had at a sports ah, ground well there we go then I'm, I'm glad you got that spin on it oh is it what, what's it have you been to it then what's it like to be at the Aegeus bowl what, what would you say it's like for atmosphere and cricket vibes 
Well, it's all right, actually. But to be fair, I only I went for India against uh, Afghanistan in the World Cup. Oh, so okay. the atmosphere was just a bunch of Indian lads buzzing. Oh, um, it was going to be good anyway, wasn't it? But it's fun, actually, because there's that bit of the ground where, like, there's a... <laughs> This will make no sense to listeners, but I'm going to try and describe it. Go on. There's there's that bit where the stands sort of part, and there's a little gap in the middle. Yeah. And you can and there's sort of a walkway around it. So I I spent half the game just left my seat and went and stand there, and you get a nice view <laughs> overlooking the pitch. Okay. Uh, so I'm very pro this ground off the A1 or whatever. Um, <laughs> niche niche yeah. ground um, yeah. memories. Um. So yeah, I think I think I tend to agree on the World Test Championship. What I found interesting, and it was mentioned in the first test in England New Zealand, was that. When England were going for this or not going for the chase, as it turned out, that there were a few mentions from uh, commentators and people texting into TMS, especially saying, you know, if this was World Test Championship points, you know, would they be doing X or Y? And that, for me, suggests it's sort of slowly embedding itself into the brain of cricket fans that it does mean something. I feel like if people really hadn't gotten on board with it, that wouldn't even be a mention. But it just, it could have contextualised that game um, and it has, as you mentioned earlier, contextualised other games. I think when we were covering the India Australia series um, over the winter, there were some games where obviously it was important for X team to win for the series. But if Australia did this and England did this, especially in the England India series, who will get into the final? They, they, I feel like that got a decent amount of buzz around it, or maybe that was just me. Yeah, I think there's a little bit. And, and you're right that in those kind of few select occasions, it definitely does add some context. I'd be interested in what. Um, New Zealand cricket fans think about it because they've obviously had some very successful wins including against India um, on their way to this final Um, and I I wonder if it feels like a bigger deal to them to sort of cement their place and and win something and be able to claim they're the best team in the world in a way that maybe some of the Australia and England's of the world are a little bit sort of snootier about it and think they don't need it Mm. but the other slight problem with it and you mentioned this point we were just chatting before that uh, England are the only team who had to go to India during this i'm still fuming um, about that obviously still like I've, I've still not lost that hatred for india after sort of that what february march time when i was just getting headaches thinking about them and rightfully so but in the old system where you know the top ranked team in the world over a period of time got the mace in a sense works better because it embraces the randomness of it it's like yeah in a given period of time not everyone's going to play everyone because that's not the system mm-hmm. but you can nonetheless pretty much say that for that period, this was the best team in the world. They played the best. They won the most games. And yet, as you just alluded to, England just played New Zealand, two of the best teams in the world. And it had absolutely no bearing on the so-called World Test Championship, which feels like... So what, what would happen if England had comprehensively won those tests and then next week, New Zealand go and win the win the maze through the, through <laughs> yeah. the WTC? It'd been so awkward, wouldn't it? It'd been like, oh, you just you just lost a James Bracey hundred. You know, I wish that could have happened. You know, that it's just, and I feel like the ICC have got something in this in the World Test Championship. Not well, the thing is, it was bought in to try and compete with you know the short format of the game, which it's never going to do. But I, I see where they're coming from. I think they've got something. They've been slightly mis mishapped by the pandemic, obviously, which turned the point system into something that nobody could understand—a sort of percentage of points you could have won. Um, So I just think it is a little bit muddled up, isn't it, at the minute? It is a bit. What if we had, this is a random idea off the top of my head, if if the ICC are listening. I'm sure they are. Do you remember remember last football season when the pandemic had disrupted everything? So the Champions League had to come back and do like semi-finals and finals in Mm. a week. What if instead of the top two teams go play a final, we get the top four teams 
and you've both got to play a semi one week and then a final the following week. I, re- I really like that and simply because I feel like the top four over a two-year period, which is how the World Test Championship works, would would be a representative top four. I don't want to demean New Zealand here, but the only reason they got in was because of the Australia overrate docking, right? So, you know, Australia and New Zealand were very close. England were close to an extent before they got battered in India. So, yeah, a top four, I think, would be way more representative. And then you can... It's just whether they can squeeze in the semi-finals or not. But, you know, do it over two weeks in, you know, a host country, probably England, because they want it at Lords. Or you could take it around the world. Why not? I, I really quite like that idea, actually, just to give more teams a chance to get in. And the cream will probably rise to the top over two years. Yeah, exactly. I think it adds a bit more competition. It's more representative. And also it gives a, a better chance to teams like Pakistan and the West Indies to, to get in there. Just put a little run together, because I feel like test teams can do that. And the ones that don't over two years won't be involved, and that's fine. And they'll they'll try again for the next one. Um, there's a great article in the Guardian by Jonathan Liu, who kind of I think has the same opinion on it than us. He has a very good take, saying that it's it's pretty messy. I mean, he calls it a misshapen platypus of a competition <laughs> with a lopsided format, um, which I think we we've, we've just got into there. But he also says that it's probably the best we've got at the minute for for the test game at least. Um, and hopefully this final goes ahead okay because it would be quite fitting if it just gets rained off and they share it and this whole two years has been for nothing. How can you share the mace? Who who physically gets Who gets, gets it? the top half? <laughs> you know, it's like in Bullseye. I don't know if you've watched Bullseye back in the day, but you know, they might win a fitted kitchen. How how do how do the two how do the two teammates split a fitted kitchen? Who knows? Someone gets the dishwasher, someone gets the, the microwave. Um, I, w- I was thinking of the Bible story about the baby, but that, that shows that. Uh, 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 I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> Slightly different analogies there, Will. Um, I hope that doesn't happen, but, but we'll see. But yeah, it's been okay. It's been good. It's something. I just think they've got to, they've just got to iron some bits out, try and communicate a bit clearer. But we'll see how this final goes. Let's get on to the final itself then. Indy versus New Zealand, a five slash six day event at the Aegeus Bowl in Southampton. Um the two top teams, test teams in the world right now. Let's start with India, Will, because we've not spoken about them for a while. Obviously, in the last two pods, we've been speaking extensively about New Zealand, by which I mean mentioning them for the last five minutes at the end of an England pod. Um, but let's talk about India. What have they been up to? Obviously, the IPL got cut tragically short um, due to the pandemic, however, whenever that was, April time. April, um, yeah. So what have the Indian guys been up to? Uh, obviously, a lot of them are now in the UK ahead of this game and the England series coming up. But what's been happening in the sort of intermediary period? What have they been doing? I don't think they've been up to much, Dan, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I, um, but I think I think that, that, yeah, the initial aftermath of the IPL getting called off was, um, you know, it was impossible to hide from the scale of the humanitarian crisis in the country at that point and i think rightfully so nobody was uh particularly in the mood to think about cricket um i've been i've been following some of the the young ipl lads on on instagram they they seem to be having a nice time in training um many many of them strangely seem to be desperate for some engagement from ben stokes um so if he's if he's (laughs) listening Please call your Rajasthan Royals comrades because they 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 want your help. They're craving a bit of attention from Ben Stokes. I love that. Um, but the other great thing India have done over this break is they've they've announced their two squads: one to go to England and one to play in Sri Lanka next month um, to play a short format series, which is basically all of the IPL children, um, which I'm really <laughs> excited to watch as a series. I don't know. Like, maybe it's a bit. 
it's almost a bit insulting if you're a Sri Lanka fan that they've they've essentially sent a, a B team. But it's no, also it, quite they've, good fun. They've set up Sri Lanka as like a little crash for the for the little <laughs> IPL ones. Just yeah, yeah, you look after yourselves there. Sri Lanka look after you play a bit of cricket. Yeah. So but hold on, really... what's going on in Sri Lanka? So is that running concurrently with this England series? I knew nothing about that. Little little white ball series to keep them busy. Yeah, they're playing I think it's two T twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, in the middle of July, if I remember rightly. So I assume that'll be when all of the test squad are... Yeah, slap England bang in the between, middle of that series, yeah, I think. Basically. Um, but it's great. It's all of, like, your Ishan Kishans. Um, I think I think SKY is out there. Yes. Um, one of the Pandyas is. Um, oh, yes, it's a bigger series than I thought, actually. They're playing three ODIs and three T20s. Um, that's quite a, that's a, a significant series in itself with some of the first... Team T20 squad probably or definitely going if yeah. Ishkish is there. Um, so that'll be one to look forward to. Um, and then obviously um, prep for the WTC and and for the um, upcoming England series, which I'm very excited to uh, to cover later on in the summer. Very good, very excited for that. Um, I know I've only just come off the back of that that away series that has traumatised me, as we all know. But I'm yeah, I'm very excited for a a green seamer somewhere somewhere in the <laughs> summer. Fingers crossed. The series in India felt like a starter for the English summer one. When, yeah. when, when we can get some RSP boys down to the Oval or Lords, and it's a beautiful yeah. summer day, we get Siraj bowling some swingers at Mark Wood at number 10. <laughs> Wood go. swinging his bat. That'll be the one. <laughs> That'll be class. Um, let's talk about this India team then that should be yep. lining up um, tomorrow when it starts. Um, I'll run you through my 11, Will, and I think I don't think there's anything too outrageous in here. Um, Sharma, Gill, Pujara at three, Kohli at four, Rahane five, Pant keeper at six, Jadeja at seven, Ashwin at eight. Uh, oh, I've gone Siraj, yeah, now, I've gone Siraj now, now at nine. Come. I just want to see Siraj playing. And then Ishant and Bumra, but I've left out Shami. So I put I put in brackets next to Siraj Shami because for me, Ishant and Bumra play. I think Ishant's very good in England and obviously Bumra's Bumra. It's whether you play Siraj or Shami, right? Am I getting the right end of the stick there, or would you would you disagree with me? Well, unfortunately, you've made this a really boring pod because that's my team. <laughs> we always uh, do this. <laughs> we always do this. But no, I think one of the amazing things is, given that people like Pant and Shubman and even Sharma's place was questionable, weren't in the team at the start of the Australia series, it's pretty amazing that the India team is now like set. It's the only the only decision you have to make is do you need two spinners do you need Ashwin and Jadeja but frankly they're both good enough with the bat that you probably want them anyway exactly and then, it, and then I think yeah you're absolutely right it's basically Siraj or Shami and I think based on the form that he's coming into the to the series with and English conditions personally I, I take Siraj um, but I think it actually doesn't matter a huge amount because either way that's a really strong uh, seam attack it's such a strong seam attack and it's just those and we spoke about this a lot um over that India England series in India, the amount of all all rounding all rounding all rounder spinners you've got that even if Jadeja does a bowl and he'll probably at least get eight overs in an inning, depending on how quick it's over. At seven he's lethal. So it's just win win. And then that 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 top six batsman wise feels really settled. I don't think as you mentioned, I don't think there's anyone that's like hammering down the door. They're all either in Nick or have got a lot of credit because they're great players like Rahani and Pujara, you know. Yeah, I think somebody like um, Bihari would probably fancy himself mm. in the England series. Um, but at the moment, yeah, until some until one of those top six has a shocker, it's basically set. 
The other, the only other thing on the bowling front that, that could have come in, again, just based on that he probably tends to play well in English conditions, um, is Bhuvneshwar Kumar yes. um, on the bowling front. But he's off captaining the team in Sri Lanka. So he's going to have oh, a Oh, is that so? Time. So he's yeah. not even going to feature in the England series then? That's yeah. a shame. I just don't think he's in their test plans. Sorry, vice-captain, I should say. Shikha's captaining. He's gonna, oh, Shikha's he's captain over in Sri Lanka. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think Booby's in their test plans anymore. And I... Mm. Do you know what? But he had a stink in like IPL, didn't he? I know it was only like four games, but he had a stinker. So hopefully he finds some form because he was such a threat in that uh, England-India T20 series that they'll want him firing for the World Cup. Um, so hopefully he's okay over there. I'm, I'm, I'm just amazed at how settled this India team is. I don't think there's any arguments going on anywhere in the cricketing world right now. However many podcasts have been recorded, however many uh, column inches have been filled, I just think this is set in stone pretty much. It's You know what? It's so settled even I can't be bothered to argue that Hardik Pandya should be in it. <laughs> and that's saying something, because we, at least you got the name drop in yeah. for, the, for the pod. You I've, done, I've, done, I've done the, the what, do you, what do we call it? Swear jar? Swear jar's in, yeah, it's another pound. It's going to get quite wealthy for the Pandya <laughs> drops, but yeah, well, there you go. It just looks, it's such a solid team. It's, it's, well, I called it a generational team, didn't I, a few months ago? Probably still is. I mean, we'll see how they perform. It's fascinating that it's uh, just a one-off match, I think, that we're not previewing a whole series here between the two sides. We're just thinking, right, it's a shootout. What's your best 11? Go at it. Uh, India probably have that. Um, should we look at New Zealand then? We'll, we'll compare and contrast. I've got the teams written next, like like in columns next to each other in front of me. And again, the India team seems to just stand out with every single player. However... I think New Zealand is a team, not saying India aren't, but New Zealand is just sort of a cohesion of 11 players are incredibly adept at this, at just doing test cricket well um, and doing it with a smile on their face, which I think we all like. Team-wise, um, I think it's going to be a tricky one once you get down to the bowlers. So we'll, we'll do the batsmen. Obviously, Devon Conway had an unbelievable series against England. Tom Latham, Kane Williamson, who is back fits. That's been confirmed. He's in, he's in the 15. Ross Taylor at four, Henry Nichols at five, BJ Watling again, another one who's been confirmed. Uh, that'll be his last test game. Hopefully he's fit, otherwise Blundell will play. And then it gets a bit tricky because do you think, Will, that uh, New Zealand should play Ajaz Patel, the spinner? I thought he was I thought he was good against England. I think England gifted him a few wickets by a couple of sort of cut top edges but he produced some bounce he's got an awesome arm ball that's like a slider that swings he's you know he's a, he's a he's a very competent bowler but do you think New Zealand benefit from him more than probably de Grandhomme instead but with him you've got five seamers then I don't know what do you think yeah I don't really know either I've not seen a huge amount of Patel play to be honest with you um I don't think they'll be desperate to have a spinner in there Partly on, again, not to be overly stereotypical, but I sort of apply the same spinning logic when it comes to, I don't think India batsmen will have a problem when Don Bess walks up to bowl. I don't think that's going to be a scary prospect either. Yeah. Um, I think they'll have, honestly, I think they'll they'll struggle more with people like Wagner and even Jameson. I mean, that that if anyone's going to cause people like Shubman Gill problems, who does like to sort of overly play at things mm-hmm. um i think that's much more likely than than the spinner but i mean if they if they rate him and they think he's going to be the one to take wickets then then maybe it is but also colin's got to play doesn't he just because he <laughs> just because it was a, a shame he had no time to find any nick in the england series he played the first game and, and wasn't really needed 
and then was rested or dropped. I think he was rested for the second test. But I, again, I think I think you make a good point there that De Grandhomme will his little seventy mile an hour. It's going to be grey and warm and muggy. That feels like swinging conditions to me. Yeah. If if he bowls anywhere like he did in that uh, the World Cup final, which we we sat and watched together and just cried watching him bowl. Um, yeah, he'll cause that top order a lot more problems than a competent left arm spinner would on day one, for example. Um, it's just, and I said this in the England build-up, it's just it feels like a team needs a, a, a spinner. And I think Williamson's lost the confidence in himself to bowl. You could definitely see that in the England series. Uh, he'd only give himself an over or two and then realise he's probably not up to it anymore. Um, Is so still I out? Went, Is he... I, I think he's fit. Let me just quickly double-check because... He was awful against England in the first test match. He got a yeah. duck and then I don't think took a wicket and started bowling a lot of beamers. But that was and because then, he had a cut on his finger. Yeah, he split his finger open. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to recover quickly enough. And honestly, I don't think New Zealand will want him in that team. I think the benefit of bringing him in over Patel is he can hold the bat. So whereas if you play Patel, Jameson will probably come in under Watling at seven. You play Santner, he can come in at seven. But again, De Grandon can come in at seven. And his bowling can be pretty lethal. Daryl Mitchell is the other option. But again, he was pretty... He's more of a batting all-rounder, I think. And his bowling was okay. He didn't do much against England to warrant himself a place. Um, so that that's their only decision, really. Because for me, they'll probably play Jameson, Southie, Wagner and Bolt, right? I'd get all four of them out um, and playing. Have I, have I put enough players in there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, I've put 11. Do all four of those play? Or is that almost like too much? Who are you batting at seven then? Jameson. Sorry. Okay. If if, if I play if De Grandon plays, he bats at seven because he yeah. he can hold. He's a he's a pretty competent batsman and will bowl five or six overs. Then Jameson at eight, who has got a test average of about thirty, I think, uh, from a small sample size, but he looked competent enough. It's a bit of a long tail. Southie's a bit of a dasher. Wagner, we saw play some beautiful shots against England, but I don't think New Zealand like him. And the bolts a proper number eleven. So it's a slightly longer tail for sure than the India one. But when it comes to bowling, those four seams could be lethal. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a, a pretty frightening attack. There was lots of talk that Wagner wouldn't get into that team. Yes, that, that I don't understand why, though. I don't understand how that can even be a possibility. He was so good against England. He runs in forever, you know, <laughs> whether he's bowling or fielding. He just seems like a good guy to, to have in the, in the squad. And he can... If it goes a bit flat or, or you know, you, you look, you're looking for some wickets, he can just start hitting the middle of the pitch really hard yeah. for that spell. They haven't got a bowler that can do that apart from him. Yeah, and I and I love the sort of terrified reactions from a batsman when they just don't know. They, they're sort of half expecting some short stuff and then he just floats one in. Um, which I think, again, like, the strange thing about lots of these India batsmen, I think Sh- Shubman Gill is one, I think Rohit Sharma is another, even Rahane at times, is they don't always get out to the best ball in the world. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, English conditions, 75 mile an hour, just nipping around, I can see causing a lot of problems. And I think both Wagner and de Grandom and, and others in that team can cause those problems. Well, that's what I want to come on to next is, you know, who do we think is actually going to win this game? Because even in that, I'm going to keep coming back to that England-India series uh, in February-March, but that first game where England won, Jimmy got the ball swinging, reversing a little bit. And like you said, there were some dismissals not to the greatest balls there. New Zealand, who are have got the bowlers to play in English conditions, are up against a good India batting lineup who have proved themselves in India and in Australia so far, who can manipulate this ball. And we saw them swinging it late, New Zealand. They with the Duke's ball, they can keep that thing moving for, you know, at least fifty overs. So 
how do you think this batting line is actually going to hold up to a bit of swing, a bit of pace, a bit of nip? This would be Shubman Gill's first test outside of India, am I correct in saying that? Other than Australia. Of course, he had the one in Australia. Um, so I'll be interested to see how he handles it. He didn't have a great series, did he, against England? Um, Pujara's a bit of a rock. We like him. I bet he can handle this. So, I mean, what do you think that top six is going to look like against... Again, it's a bit stereotypical that the ball's going to be hooping and nipping and seeming, but it'll do a little bit of summing, won't it? Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd assume so. I mean, it's difficult to sum up. So the interesting thing is, these two actually played each other in a, in a test series not all that long ago, although it feels like a lifetime ago. It was, it was, the, it was February, March 2020. Oh, so just so yeah. basically the last thing to happen before just everything before shut end down. times. Just how did that? How did that finish? How did that so, series finish? So it was only a two-match series. They played two tests, and New Zealand won both of them pretty handily. Wow. Um, yeah. So the, the I mean the India batting scores in those four innings in New Zealand: 165, 191, 242, and 124. Wow. So, so you know, and not you know not the same conditions, but closer to English conditions than Indian conditions would be. Um, so probably the the fairest comparison we can get. Definitely. The Indian batsmen did not do great. Um, Does anyone saying, get any scores in that? Or do you, have you got the individuals? Because Jara's done it right. Yeah, of course he has. A couple of See? half centuries. Of there we go. Classic, uh, classic Jay. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's, it's worth saying that uh, the open the openers for India at that point were Prithvi Shaw and Mayank Agarwal, so they're okay. obviously both gone. <laughs> um, so it will be a very different team. But I mean, to be honest, if I you know, we'll get on to to our final predictions at the end. But I'm not I'm not full of confidence going into this. I think New Zealand will be will be fairly happy. Definitely, especially after the two games they played against England, just to get. I know England have, uh, sorry, India have had that intra squad game, but uh, for New Zealand to have played two actual test matches in England and basically win the first and then comp- comprehensively win the second, I agree. They've got that little bit of momentum and then the confidence they can play in these conditions, whereas India are probably a bit like, right, we're obviously all very good cricketers, but how are we going to get on away from home? Uh, against a team that is also away from home, but is probably more suited to these conditions. Um, and perhaps, you know, a bad session here and there in this one-off game, which again is what I do like about the World Test Championship final, this sort of shootout, a bad session or two with the bat, and this game will be out of their hand pretty quickly. And I back India to have that bad session more than New Zealand. I can't... I, New Zealand had a couple of bad sessions against England, but it was when they were 300 for three and then would lose three quick wickets as opposed to being 50 for three. Yeah. So I, I just I just like India to have that little bad spell more often or more likely than, than New Zealand. I think that's right. And that's probably an, an interesting additional dynamic to this one match final rather than a series that, that one session can change the whole thing. Um, but, I, but I think, yeah, I agree with you. I, it does, just doesn't seem like this New Zealand team has a collapse in it in a way that the Indian one probably does every now and again. Yeah, They're a very, very good batting lineup, but they're probably more collapsible. Um, and, I, and I think certainly if India are going to win, you need a big score from probably Kohli or Pujara, people who, who have a lot more experience playing in these sorts of conditions and playing outside India. I hope it's like, a, obviously I hope the rain stays away. I hope it's like a 300 plays 350 play, you know, one of them kind of test matches. So I think it will be. These kind of conditions are going to hopefully um, benefit that. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with New Zealand if I can put my money anywhere. I think it's very close. And of course, it should be with these two top teams playing each other. Um, but for the reason we've just spoken about, a bit of momentum for New Zealand, that that seam attack, 
I like them. I just about like them, though. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a run over by, by, any, by any means. What, what do you reckon, Will? I know you're saying you're, you're not as confident, but you're going to back the boys. No, I, I, I basically agree with you. I, ju- I just hope the, the rain stays away. That's the big caveat. I sort of suspect that we, we won't get enough time on the field to get, a, to get the satisfying game that we want. Um, but assume we get five full days. Yeah, I think, um, I think New Zealand will probably just edge it. Yeah, so just a quick, we'll do a weather update just because it is, it feels like one of the biggest stories coming into this actually, annoyingly. They won't host it in England for much longer if this keeps happening. Um, <laughs> but day one, which is tomorrow, which is Friday, looks um, showery, thunderstorm. So there's going to be some play halted there. Um, day two's better. Look like they might get a full 90 overs in. Day three looks pretty cataclysmic. Um and then we're into day four and five where it's going to be just windy and, and blustery. We have a day six, though, Will. Most tests are done in like four yeah. days now and they've given us a sixth just well, in I mean, case. To be honest, what, what are either of these teams doing next week? Why not day seven? Why, Why not, not day just seven? get it done? We have to get this done for the integrity yeah. of this sort of wobbly little championship <laughs> yes. they put together. We for the need integrity a of the competition, we need a winner. Someone's got to have the mace. That's such a good point. So the reserve day is June 23rd. Have they, have they all got something booked on the 24th? Is there a wedding? Like, just, just have the extra day. Um, I think they're hoping it should be done in six days. That's a lot of overs. Um, and one thing I want to ask you, Will, because you've, you've, you've not been on the pod for a while, but we had a bit of a chat a couple of weeks ago about overrate um, and how none of us really care about it. But perhaps it might be a little bit more important in this one if, if we are limited in the amount of overs we're allowed because of the weather. I just want to know your take on the overrate situation because commentators and it happened in the ladies game I was watching yesterday because they got 90 overs in but I think they were scheduled 100 in, in a ladies game I don't know right. and the commentators just seem to be the ones that get pissed off by it but not not fans too much it feels like such an old man conversation to even have an opinion on um but I think like do I care not really but also like Kind of. I see. I see why they're trying to enforce it, and there have been some good. Like I saw some of the the people who had added up the overs every per day that had been lost in the England New Zealand New Zealand test, and it adds up to like a full session. So you're kind of like okay, okay fair. I, fair. I, I see. I see the issue here. I don't really care. Weirdly, I I do care about overrated short format, which is strange. I care no, about I it. Agree. The, I care about the IPL because the IPL. I was in India for the IPL before IPL 2019. Mm. And the games come on at about something like 8 or 8.30 local time. Okay. And officially, it's 90 minutes per inning. So they'll finish at like 11. But th- things have st- each, the first inning has started taking more than two hours. So the games finish at like midnight, which I think is a bit weird. And if you're trying to pitch it around that like very short format, it's quick, it's accessible, get that audience in. I think you probably need to keep a, a bit of a control of it. I definitely agree with that. Because in test matches, it's like, I think Tim said this, you get your six, seven hours of play. And you go to the pub, it's fine. Like you get, like you're there for the amount of time still. But in a in a T20 or an IPL game, you know it might be a Thursday night, and you nip to Hove to watch the cricket, and you got work the next morning. But all of a sudden, you know, Tamal Mills is taking his time at, his, at the at top of his run up, and it's like getting on eleven. I agree <laughs> that that's where it should be more important. The whole point of limited overs is to be Sean Snappy, you know, dicking around with. I don't know, run-ups and fields and stuff. But it is a it's an old man conversation. It's a TMS chat to have, isn't it? It's a Michael Vaughan conversation at the end of the day. Do we need he to mention didn't... do we need to mention KP? Or should we yes. ignore that? Yeah, can, no, can we? I think I think we're we have to mention what he said today. Do you have the tweet in front of you? I can find it. Right. So three hours ago, so approximately 
11 a.m. local time. Kevin Peterson apparently has nothing better to do on his Thursday and has tweeted, quote, the world has gone completely soft, exclamation point. A right for this, a right for that. Scared of this, scared of that. Don't say this, don't say that. If only there was a major global leader who said, all caps, enough is enough. It's only on social media where the woke brigade live. We need a brave, all caps, leader. Leader. I mean, how, how do we read into this? For me, I think he's watched the launch of GB News and just fancies himself a little evening slot with Dan Wooten. But where's this come from? I know that tends to be his line of argument in most things, but this, this has been unprovoked. I honestly, after <laughs> we've had to spend the last week with government ministers talking about Ollie Robinson... I genuinely can't take it if the next culture warrior is Kevin Peterson. I don't, I don't want to see him with a book deal and running for mayor of London. I can't do it. Maybe that's the setup, Will. Maybe this is the first tweet. Maybe this is the little invisible invisible primary for mayor election in four years. Bit keen. Bit keen. President of South Africa? He could, yeah. President of the ICC. President of something. It's, oh. Maybe he wants to be the all-caps leader that, that he desperately wants. Maybe he thinks he's the only one who can do, who can do well, it. I- I think that's it. He's got bored is basically what's happened yeah. here. He's someone who, let's be fair, has, has an ego. He wants to be important and be in charge of things. Um, and, and since he's finished his playing career, he's basically been sat at home doing a bit of punditry every now and again. Yeah, the, pun, the punditry one's weird. He just does the IPL. He doesn't, I don't think there's much appetite for him in England because he, he was on Sky for a little bit and then wasn't. Does definitely doesn't do BBC and then just does the IPL stuff, doesn't he? And gets far too keen on comms for my liking. Yep. Yeah, and I, I don't think I don't think he's getting invited back to Sky Broadcasting anytime soon. No, no. And you mentioned Ollie Robinson actually, Will, and I wondered if you wanted to just do you want to chime in on on the whole situation? It has cooled off a little bit now that he's sort of gone on his little break from cricket. But obviously, when it was you know the peak of its uh, interest in the news cycle was sort of what everyone was talking about, and then it just it became Johnson and is it Dowden Oliver Dowden yeah. got stuck in, and that's when it became a bit culture war for for me. I just wonder what you thought about the whole situation. I thought it was really bizarre and a great insight into how these debates happen in, in our culture now, because we, we talked about it, you know, when, when the tweets came out and then he played that day, did an apology, did very well, took a few wickets on that day. The commentators were fully buying into the redemption arc. We were all a bit like, okay, that's a bit quick, but yeah. like, <laughs> keen. but a bit, a bit keen, um, but like, yeah, he'll play the rest of the test and then... The, the the appropriate administrative process will happen, which is exactly what happened. You get suspended for one game, basically, is what he's probably going to miss. You do an investigation. Nobody is saying that because you tweeted something 10 years ago, that means that you're forever cancelled. Like, that's a complete straw man that people conjure up. Literally, no one's making that argument. Um, it's just like, do the investigation to make sure that that's not wider evidence of him actually being racist to teammates or whatever else, which is important because we've discussed before cultural problems in some teams and, and in cricket broadly. And then get on with all of our lives. We absolutely don't need government ministers trying to kick up a, a cultural stink about it. Um, and as always, the, the lesson which we should basically apply to any issue is just listen to Michael Holding and then do do what he says. Absolutely. But after winning, Michael Holding now. Yes. Um and Evan Rainford-Brent, who is now MBE as well. Yes. Deservedly and, so. Um, and Monty Panasar went on GMB or something and, and said much the same thing. He's launched his new podcast, Monty. Um, it's, it's about, I think it's sports people before and after retirement. Something like that. Anyway, you can tell he's trying to work his way into the media, but he's, he's doing a good job, is that, Monty? Um, That's good. I want to yeah. see more of Monty back on our screens. 
as long as it's not a mastermind. Have you, have you you've seen that clip of a mastermind? Oh no, yeah, that's iconic. That. If I'm ever like a bit down, I'll watch that clip, but it just brightens me right back up again. Um, so I think he's recovering from that slowly um, and moving on to the media. So good luck to Monty. Good luck. Um, so before we go, we'll we'll wrap it up there. I'm I'm just a New Zealand win um, in this World Test Championship final. Just finally, are you? I am just a New Zealand win. There we go. There we go. Good stuff. Well, listen, everyone, enjoy the World Test Championship final, what you can of it, wherever you are in the world, whatever time zone you're on. We will promise, no, not promise, we'll try to promise for no rain and just, just hope for a conclusion of this test match. Um, we'll be back for a review of the test match. Um, we've got previews of the England Sri Lanka white ball series to come up. And then, of course, after that, it'll be England versus India for the rest of the summer. Very exciting. Thanks for coming back on, Will. Great to hear from you. We'll hear you at the uh, the end of this game as well, I'm sure. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll see you next week. Buzzing. And we'll see you next week too. Thank you so much for listening. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.